listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Double, double toil and trouble. Fire, burn, and cauldron Dario. Hello, this that is... It was, was kind of a Daddario joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Bradley Martin with Crew. We're going to be talking about a show that's about witches, starring Alexandra Daddario. Another extended universe is revving up this past year. It started with Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe, which I believe it is aptly called, now continues with Mayfair Witches. Alexandra Daddario plays Rowan Fielding, a neurosurgeon who's very good at her job, but kind of treated like shit by her colleagues because, you know, she's a pretty lady. She finds out after her mother passes away that she's actually adopted. And she's curious about that, but really just wants to get over the grief of losing a parent by diving into work. And her work colleagues and head doctor people are like, nope, bereavement's important. You get out of here. Now, the interesting thing about Rowan is when she is stressed or angry or feeling any strong emotion towards someone, they get a headache. And if that emotion is strong enough, they kind of fall over and die. She tells this to her therapist, and her therapist reassures her, you're crazy if you think that. Just a crazy, sexy surgeon if you think you have some sort of power over people with your your emotions. You get out of here and you go grieve by finding out about this adoption thing you got going on. I can never have that power. (laughs) Oh, no. I work in customer service. It would be just bodies on the floor. (laughs) Pile them up. Yeah, pile them up. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's funny that uh, you said she found out she was adopted because her mom is like a black woman. I think she she may have suspected something, but go go ahead. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, (laughs) touche. So she returns to her mother's home country, her biological mother home hometown and meets up with all her relatives that always knew about her and uh, on her journey will uncover a secret plot that involves baby hiding and murders and all that sketchy beautiful in the moors type of seductive mystery with a pretty a uh, pretty good cast of character actors as well with me to discuss this coven of Mayfair witches, someone who has been called a witch for centuries, what with all her time hopping, Sarah Jane is with us. <laughs> Hello. 
Hi. And occasional expert on many things. And you can check him out on the Nighthawks podcast. Matt Foster is with us. Hello. And also with us again, ready to bring in the facts and the truth about certain things as she has in the past. Sorry to put you on the spot. Kim is with us. Hey guys, I'm excited to uh, drop some knowledge here. So Rowan is about to find out her lineage from her mother. But when she meets her mother, alas, her biological mother is dead. Dun to dun. Freshly dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never seen a more freshly killed mom in a movie in my life. <laughs> so she attends that funeral as well. And Cortland Mayfair, Deidre, her mother, Deidre? Yes, Deidre. Yeah. By the Annabeth Gish, brilliant actress. And Harry Hamlin playing Cortland Mayfair, also an actor I've loved for a long time. He's just all out of sorts and grieving and wants the best for Rowan and wants her to know the truth. And Rowan has to navigate all these relatives, find out who's telling what truth, who's telling what lie, who just wants things to go back to the status quo and who wants to change things forever moving forward while all these relatives are also kind of being hunted by a secret organization of witch watchers that may also be witches. I'm going to have to stop myself because this gets really convoluted if you let it. (laughs) But I swear it's a simple story. At the heart of this is a demon named Lasher who may or may may not even be a a bad thing. Just someone who's always been in the, the Mayfair bloodline and who the head Mayfair witch willingly or unwillingly can control or not. How did y'all like the uh, Mayfair witches? Well, I think you already brought up a problem I have, which is that it's a, uh, we got this plot, right? Where this woman finds out that she is the person in line to inherit sort of being bound to this entity that apparently just wants to feed her and take care of her and um, slaughter her enemies. And she already has the power you mentioned before which is just like killing people with her mind, like Magneto, but in the real world. And and given that, it seems like her weird total rejection. And I, I understand that there's there's power dynamics and, and creepiness as a factor and all, but, but he's not the... Like, she looks at people and kills them. He gives her cake. And she's like, no, I must be rid of this curse. And he's like, well, maybe I want rid of this curse. Maybe I don't want to be bound to a psycho for the next 60 years, you know? This was the follow-up to uh, the Inner Ruth the Vampire AMC series, which was really a surprise uh, in terms of exceeding expectations and uh, uh, largely on, like, the, um, the, the standout production value and things like Eric Bogosian playing the, the older... Uh, interviewer and I I was just I think maybe I came at this with like too high of expectations and I had the reverse bias I will give it that it's uh it's pretty I too was a huge fan of AMC's interview with the vampire series 
Um, I thought the casting was impeccable, the story writing. It was a fast-paced show, but I still feel like even though there were mysteries to be solved and, and characters to, to meet or to be introduced to, they did it in a really, really entertaining way that kept me every week. I was I was waiting for the new episode to upload on AMC because I, I was just could not wait for the next episode. So when I came into Mayfair Witches, my expectations were sky high. I was like, okay, AMC is on fire. They're doing another Anne Rice interpretation, so it's going to be good. Unfortunately, just like Matt said, a lot of, of what they did with the show, I, I hate to use the term mid, but that is exactly what this show was. The casting, I felt like the older cast members did a great job. Um, Harry Hamlin and Beth Grant in particular, who play Cortland Mayfair and Carlotta Mayfair, um, respect, respectively, stole the show in every single scene they were in for me. Alexandria Daddario, on the other hand, she did a lot of, like, moist-eyed staring at people. <laughs> um, she, ha- she had a, a very blank expression on her face. Gorgeous girl. Stunning. I would give my right arm to look like her. But she was just not interesting to watch throughout the series. I think you c- there's a way to play fish out of water in a way that is... In, that endears you to the audience and I don't really think she captured that because they were obviously they they she's going to New Orleans to meet her long lost family uh she's learning about uh the Mayfair witches just like we are we're supposed to be with her f- with this journey and be excited to learn about this family but f- th- throughout the series I was just bored I kept waiting for it to get exciting and it never I mean maybe in the last episode and a half it picked up but out of eight episodes having to to trudge through six and a half episodes for it to get exciting was a little much and I don't think if I if I didn't have to review it um I don't think I would have finished the series honestly uh so I'll I'll go ahead and throw it over to Sarah Jane because I could I could really talk about the pacing I'll I'll wrap that up in my final thoughts but yeah their pacing was was horrendous um, excuse me. I don't think I uh, disliked it as much as Kim and Matt did. Um, Anne Rice is a weird thing for me. My husband, who loves her, um, made me, I mean, you know, not like gun to my head made me, but he was like, you should read these books. And I'm like, all right, because he's done the same thing with Stephen King and things like that. And so... I read through um, the interview books. Um, I read Lasher. I read some of the Mayfair Witches, and I just don't like her writing. She's too flowery, and you know, if you didn't know, she had a child that died because <laughs> it's everywhere all the time, and she never lets you forget it. And I get that that was a tragic thing. But, you know, at some point, curl, move on. Anyway, so um, this it, this was all right. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as uh, Interview with the Vampire, um, the TV show. I did like that a lot. I thought the, the casting, like you guys said, was great. And that story was great. This one, um, I think it's pretty interesting. I couldn't say if it uh, adheres to the books because I read them so long ago and because I didn't really care for them it just kind of went 
once it was through my mind, then I was done with it and forgotten it. So, so sorry, I can't help you out there. But um, I agree with you uh, about uh, Diodario. She is lovely and, uh, you know, more power to her. But uh, she did seem like the odd person out in terms of the cast. Because she did kind of just... Um, maybe it's just her style, but she sounds like she's... Um, like she doesn't have a lot of emotion in her voice. She just sounds like a robot is what she sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought too part of it was the writing because she vacillates from like a like a coastal superiority POV to to like looking down on the Louisianans. Well, to like, I, yeah. To like being confused about basic things on par with like Ariel not knowing what a fork is. Yes, I agree with you there, and I think. She's going through a lot, and when she had Lasher starting to visit her, I get, he totally, like, sometimes she's trying to push him away, but then other times she's like, oh, I really want this. She's, like, intoxicated by him, basically. And so I get why they're writing her where she just doesn't know what the hell is going on, but it makes for it to be... um, I don't know, more of a confusing watch, I guess? I don't know. Um, But I do like, uh, as you guys said, the rest of the cast I think is great. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, um, oh gosh, Jen Richards as Jojo. She's like my favorite as uh, Cortland's daughter. Um, And so every time she uh, she pops up, I think, oh great, I want her to be more of the focus. And I was happy that she was in it more in these last few episodes. I do want to say that Jack uh, Houston, who comes from the Houston family, is a weird person for Lasher because I expect him to be like the most beautiful person on the planet so that he could be like as intoxicating, but he's just kind of like, you know, he just looks like you know, someone's brother. I don't know. Sarah, thank you so much for bringing that up. I could not agree more. And I really hate to shame a man for his appearance. I hate to do this. I mean, he's not, he's not unattractive, but if he offered me a free drink at a bar, I would pass. Like he's, and he's, he's also like, like I've seen him in other things and he's like almost styled. Like they almost like, made him look frumpy in this maybe like it's the hairstyle they picked for him is not his jam and they're not even i mean i'm thinking that i mean he's got an english accent i'm pretty positive and that goes a long way i mean you know and he doesn't even have that here and it's just like why uh well especially especially after an interview with the vampire they went so deep into the pretty people reservoir and right know, wherever they made that show yes lestat like i i could not the, take the my eyes off of anybody in interview with the vampire looked look, right uh, better than anybody i've ever actually met you know <laughs> they didn't just look sexy in the interview they acted sexy they all seemed to be pros in the art of seduction and lasher for whatever reason and you know what i'll bring up rowan's uh alexander daddario who, as you've all said, is an incredibly sexy woman. They just kind of frump around in this, and they're. It's really rare that we get any scenes where it's like, "Whoa, muy caliente," you know. It's just kind of like, 
people moving around and trying to like her eyes are great but everything else is just so bland i think they're trying to play down just how sexy she really is because even because you know my husband really likes her and he's like sure they try to i mean because i'm just gonna say it she has pretty big breasts but you wouldn't know it because they always dress her down or she's wearing something that is um, just kind of big. And, and I don't have a problem with that, but I think it, you're right. They just kind of frump her down. But I will Which, say- by the way, does not work. The net effect is like the scenes right? in Justice League when Gal Gadot is supposed to be in her secret identity. And everybody, everybody walking by would be like, that's not a human being. Right. <laughs> There's no way. She's from Themyscira. Now, clearly, now, yeah, yeah. The um, the the only person that didn't get the "Don't be too sexy" memo was the guy playing uh, Cyprian. Hell yes, he's just like, he's <laughs> super hot. He should have been Lasher. That actor is Tongea Kirisa. Yes, I agree that he's extremely uh, attractive, and they could have flipped him with Jack Houston. But I will say, neither him nor Jack had any chemistry with Alexandria. Uh, and and so Cyprian and Rowan are suppo- they kind of get together midway through the series, and it's supposed to they're supposed to have some sexual tension. I don't know when they were supposed to have it, but I guess <laughs> I guess they had it um, because of how they end the series. Um, but it was like it was like the casting directors were like, okay, these are two beautiful people. We'll put them in a room together. That's all we need, right? And it's like, oh, actually, no, you need a little bit more. Yeah, I did have a question about that, and I'm glad we have a, a nice, diverse crew of people today, because when I ask it, the question might sound a little absurd. In my ridiculously guess-speculative opinion, did they tone down all the sexiness so the feminist message would ring truer by the end, or am I just sounding like a crazy man that doesn't understand feminism? I, I will speak for the feminists as another man. <laughs> I think that I, I personally think that uh, AMC just wussed out. Like I don't I don't know why because they had like a ton of sexual attention and homoeroticism in Interview with the Vampire and it did numbers. But I just it just smacks of just like we were like gutlessness. Like maybe this was originally developed separately for something like a like a CW niche because it felt it felt very Vampire Diaries. That's a great you know? point. Also, AMC, they can do, I think they can do rated R. I mean, on Interview with the Vampire, we saw butt right. cheeks. We saw a lot of a ass, lot of, yeah. We saw a lot of gore. Um, we saw... A lot of implied thrusting. Yes, implied anal sex, all that type of great stuff. Um, and on this show, 80, 80 sex um, covers, covering the chest after after intercourse. I'm like, what is, is this the CW or CBS? There was barely any gore. I think maybe... Some gunshots, which I've seen on Fox TV, or not that I'm watching except, Fox. Except for the one or two times there was gore, and then it was jarring. Like there's a beheading in it where you're just like, ah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was very was. much like a PG-13 movie using their one F word. The the sex scenes were very like, um, I mean, even though there weren't any nudity, it felt very Red Shoes Diary to me, like very. Um, very 80s as you guys said but maybe it's to the thing where they think the young people 
You know, you see it on Twitter all the time. Why are there sex scenes? These are ridiculous. We don't want to see this. And so maybe they were going for that audience. I don't, I don't know. know, though, because I feel like that's a strategic mistake because I'm thinking the only real market for the Mayfair witches is people that are already really into, like, like supernatural TV shows, like The Magicians and stuff, or people that are, like, deep-cut and rice heads. Well, carry that into your final thoughts, Matt. I just wasn't wowed, you know? I wasn't blown away, as I'd hoped. Um... And I thought this really meandered in story terms. And like, even the way it ends and stuff is very bizarre. Like, uh, I don't want to get into spoiler territories, but evidently all the witches have one power. Like they all have, like she kills people with her brain and somebody else has visions and all that stuff. And it was like somebody woke up and was like, Oh, remember back in like episode one and two when she could kill people with her mind? That's a complication for having her be in any kind of danger. <laughs> and so in, the, in, in the last like three episodes, she just does a Garth Marenghi stare at anybody that gets in her way. And they're like, shit, fuck, never mind. <laughs> you know, and they get out of her way and <laughs> she wreaks havoc. And so, and, and then the actual ending kind of peters out and really assumes season two. And I was like, that's, that's bold. That's, you're probably not getting that. That's bold. And the, the ensemble here is really good. Everybody. And I don't think it's because she's a bad actor per se. I think it's kind of the writing put her in that position of being uh, like, it's, it's sort of twilight story design where the least interesting person is the audience proxy. And you're like, you're like, no, just I don't want to follow her back to her hotel room. What, what is that crazy guy gonna do? Let's 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 camera should follow him. I did like um oh, I should look his name up. Uh but he was uh he was a white supremacist on Banshee and he was a white supremacist on the peripheral <laughs> and he's like he's like he's like the guy you get when you need a mediocre white fail son that's still kind of a threatening presence. Um he showed up here as like a an the incel witch hunter yeah yeah. i know who you mean yeah like a cell of incels that hunt witches um (laughs) which again had some confusion like at one point they want to get a witch's heart but they just want it they don't get into what what they're why right you know what do they just they just want it to put on their like hey we got a witch heart put it up there with our frat paddle and our our, (laughs) our banner you know uh I'm going to give it five and a half out of ten. Surprise guest appearances from the Northside Bone Gang, the guys that kick off Mardi Gras. Very nice. Sarah Jane, your final thoughts, please. All right. Well, um, again, I think I liked it more than um, Matt and Kim did. Um, it was nice to see. I, I know they shot some of this in New Orleans, but I think the rest is in Canada. Um, again, I liked um, some of the people. I liked some of the story. I didn't like it as much, of course, as Interview with the Vampire. Um, so I'm just going to give it, and I still don't have a witty thing, but I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 uh, excuses to watch Harry Hamlin chew the absolute scenery in this show. Very good. 
Kim. Uh, so I did. I don't dislike the show. I just, you know, had high expectations for it. And unfortunately, they didn't quite meet my expectations. I think the biggest um, downfall was it is that this is called Mayfair Witches. Where was my witchcraft? Where were my spells? Where was any magic? There were, out of the eight hours plus of TV viewing I saw, there was probably 10 minutes of wit- actual witchiness that happened. Maybe 20, if I'm being generous. But other than that, it was it was a lot of people whispering in rooms with each other about things that I didn't really understand. And at the end of the series, they didn't really answer a whole lot of questions. Um, and just talking about the witchcraft in general, as far as the Mayfair witches go, I was expecting them to be the the most powerful witches in the world to to be legendary. Like, why why am I watching this TV show? Are they just you know in any old witch family, or are they powerful witches? Because if they're powerful witches, the show did not show me that. They showed me a group of ladies that could do one power each, and they all have limited spell power. It's and even when they had to use a locator spell at one point, they called a, a, a guy from a different coven to come do the locator spell. Like, are y'all powerful or not? Someone explain this to me. I mean, obviously, Rowan has this really cool power of being able to, to control people's uh, bodily functions so that she can, like, give them aneurysms or stop their heart or whatever. That's really neat. Um, but her cousins, one of them has the power to glamour, but only only when she's looking at them, keeping eye contact. And they can be distracted and not be glamoured by her. I'm like, man, I think I've had that same power, you know, talking <laughs> to a guy after a couple shots of tequila. You know, these these powers are not are not blowing my mind. I know everyone doesn't like Lasher. That's like the every single episode. Don't trust. Don't trust Lasher. Don't don't bond with him. Don't do whatever. And no episode do they tell me why. Why is he so bad? All they really show us. Yeah, he, he never even does. He never even bad. does anything bad. The the other characters who were saying don't partner up with Lasher are shown doing actual evil things and killing people. And Lasher's over here just like, I, I want to rub your feet at night, baby, and like you know give you all the nice <laughs> things in the world and keep you young forever. I'm like, why would I not go with Lasher? Sure, he has a horrible haircut, but it's <laughs> <laughs> these things can be changed. <laughs> I don't know. I am going to give this. Six out of ten unnaturally blue eyes, and it's only getting a six from me because of Andrew the Vampire. Honestly, it's pity piggybacking off of that, my goodwill. <laughs> well, I can certainly appreciate that because my rating will be much the same because of Interview with the Vampire. Don't let the immortal EU die, or whatever it's being called. Don't stop making Anne Rice shows. I loved Interview with the Vampire. I don't hate this. For me, it was something as simple as a smolder that was missing. In this, they just kind of move move around and kind of look at each other. No one's ever smoldering. No one's ever full of desire or want. And I'm not sure why. Because Daddario especially, she's played people in love before. And this one's just like, let's say she has to be in love, but just something. Not just, I'm a pretty person, so I guess I'm supposed to have sex now. That's so silly. And kind of immature. The way this ends, kind of a spoiler, but will the prophecy be fulfilled? Is kind of the cliffhanger. And 
we only hear about the prophecy like halfway into the finale and everyone talks about it as if it was the hot topic this whole time and that really bothered me so i too am gonna give this six out of ten key in my tummy (laughs) i got keys in my tummy i suppose so yeah, which which will which the prophecy of which is which the witch watchers watch.